0: Hello and welcome to QuickLink Daily Cycling Podcast. I'm here today with Alex Manley from Australia, riding for Team Bike Exchange, Jayco. And uh, yeah, we will have a small chat today. Hello and welcome, Alex.
1: Hey, how are you?
0: <laughs> Thank you. I'm doing well. And you?
1: Uh, I'm, I'm doing good. <laughs>
0: Great. Um, yeah. So, first, a bit maybe about uh, the season it was pretty successful for you. Um, for our listeners, I'm speaking here from Germany and originally wanted to attend the Lotter Ladies Touring Tour, but a bit of a bad weather attempted to uh, that I couldn't go there. But Alexandra did go there very successfully. She not only won four stages, she also won GC. How was that for you?
1: Um, honestly, it was a bit of a whirlwind. I wasn't really going there with many expectations. I just um, come off a track block, and I just uh, yeah, I went in as like the second GC rider, just as a backup more so. But on the first stage three of my teammates had a quite a bad crash, and they all one of them end up going home. Um, she broke a collarbone, and then the other two um we're down for like quite a while and one of them the the gc rider ruby actually hurt her knee so um we continued racing and we still had her as the as the main person to ride for but with the last 10k to go she was like my knee's actually not great um i could still do a good job but she gave me the opportunity instead she's like if you're good we'll sprint for you and i was like no i'm good i'm good (laughs) and so yeah i got the opportunity on the first day because of that and then from then on the girls were like no we'll we'll work for you we'll back you and then i wasn't really expecting that week to go the way it did i hadn't won a race in europe before on the road (laughs) and then to win four with that team and to have that support behind me it was yeah it was really surreal and it wasn't world tour but it still meant a lot to me and it was still really special
0: yeah, you really dominated that race. It was uh, really amazing. And uh, since then, you've also been quite good on GC. Um, you wrote the tour of Scandinavia and uh, came third.
1: Yeah, also was more going there for uh, as like the sprint leader, I guess, in the team. Um, more opportunistic and like more like I could still save myself, but wasn't the main GC girl, but happened to have a bit of good, good luck, I guess, um, on the GC stage with the climb and the climb kind of suited me a little bit more than most climbs because it had a bit of downhill near the top and I was able to get a bit of a a breather and come back because I had just been distanced from a group of about 15 or 10 and uh, the bit of downhill definitely helped me (laughs) so I don't know if I would have um, got third there without that but I'm still really happy and yeah it hurt a lot but yeah no it it was a good week.
0: Uh, You told us that um, it came a bit by chance, but do you see yourself um, really going for GC as a favourite or do you prefer the backup role?
1: Um, Well, I've never really had it on my own before, but um, I can't really see myself as a GC, like pure. Like I'm not a pure climber or anything. So I feel like I couldn't be a good GC rider for races like Tourigan and the women's tour and where they're not, uh, mountains <laughs> but um, when she's like hard all the time but not quite going up a climb for 10k at 10% <laughs> <laughs> I think more my races without that
0: <laughs> and uh, you also wrote uh, To the France Femme this year uh, it was first uh, To the France woman since 20- 2018 and uh, the boucle was not really that big of a race how did you experience that
1: uh Look, it was, it was amazing. Um, I, I first turned pro like straight out of juniors in 2015, I think it was. And then I had a two-year break just the last two years. And to come back into the sport now and to see the development and change in women's cycling is like crazy and like going to the tour. And I feel like that was like, Wow this sport has come so far it was like kind of emotional like the first day like I was in the um, bus and I looked we'd just seen our team owner like as we'd gone down to team presentations and then we came back to the bus and I looked at Spratty and we kind of just like kind of started crying and we're like oh my gosh like for Spratty she's been like around a lot longer than me and seen a lot more than I have but she's always been there when I've been there so like I don't know, it was a pretty special moment and to like have it all like happen because they talk about it and they talk about it and people are like, should we do it? Should we not do it? Like, are they good enough? Are they not? Like, yes, we're good enough. Like, we just need the stage and then to see it actually happen. Oh, it was crazy. And then to actually race it to you, yeah, It was like, it'd been a big goal of mine. As soon as I heard like last year when they announced it, I was like, oh, I need to go back to the road. Like, I want to do this. Like, I want to be part of this race. Um, and it was, yeah, super special
0: um how would you characterize the changes t- since uh 2015 we saw a lot of changes with like um now there's a mandatory uh wage that uh, world to ride women's world to riders have to get um just like the men although it's still not at the same level um we are seeing a large expansion of the women's world to races and the calendar gets fuller and fuller and um yeah, how, how do you see it? Which part do you like? Which part would you prefer maybe something differently? And um, how is it different for young riders now starting out compared to you in 2015?
1: Wow. Um, hopefully I get all the questions. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry for, for, for <laughs> okay. going no, to make... My brain just, like, focuses on one thing, so I need to, like, remember lots of things at once. I think the changes for like it's a lot more professional than it used to be and like when I came over like people can actually afford to do it a bit better like for Australians particularly who have to come and like you gotta you can't live at home like you have to go and rent or live somewhere else in another country you got to get a visa you got to like sort out all this stuff that you've got no idea about when you're when you're young <laughs> um but now I feel like there's well one there's also like a few good. Um, setups or bases like Girona that people can come to and so they're not don't feel like they're alone and by themselves so they feel like they have like a base so there's bases set up then the teams are like professional the calendar is a lot more professional too and there's a lot I feel like the world tour races you can see the difference in the levels of racing now whereas before it was just like I felt like it was all very similar and just spread out and a bit chaotic But I think it was—it felt chaotic for me because I was very new to it and I didn't have much experience. And so it felt chaotic because I still wasn't fit enough to be there. So every race was just a bit crazy for me. But um, now it's great that, like, I have a few teammates, or Ruby first-year pro now, and she's coming over, and I can see it's a much better environment for her to be in and to develop and grow. And I know when she's five years pro, like, It's also going to be a completely different um, environment and place. And I think it's like growing into something really special. And the gap between the men and women is also closing. Still a big gap, but it's, yeah, it's so much better than what it used to be. And it's like taken more seriously. And at the end of the day, we're doing the same thing. So it's nice to be taken seriously and to have opportunities and to people speaking really positively about it. And, um, yeah, it doesn't really feel like there's much difference anymore. Exactly and
0: absolutely. Um, You mentioned that you took a break from road cycling the last two years, um, if I caught that correctly. Um, Was that due to um, COVID, corona regulations? And uh, I think I heard a lot of Australian raiders had difficulties uh, getting into the country and getting out due to regulations, or was it due to something different?
1: Um, So, yeah, all that was the case. But for me, mainly, it was because... For 2020, I wanted to go to the Olympics on the track, but um, I actually didn't make that team originally. Um, but then a month or like a week later or a few days later that they announced the team, then the Olympics were postponed by a year. So it was a bit of a weird situation for me. So it, I'd committed to the track for that year, but didn't make the team, but it was in Australia. And then COVID happened and the borders shut. So it was like... I wasn't really sure what to do. I was like, do I stop cycling? Do I go to the road? Do I keep trying on the track? What's going to happen? Like, is, are they going to reselect the team? Like, and I was like, in this bit of a, yeah, a very kind of difficult part of my career. And I was like, well, what do I do? And I just really like had to like meditate on it and just really think deeply, like remove myself from like any environment I was in and just like go back to the basics. Like I went up and Spent a lot of time with my parents um, on their, like, little uh, property and just really thought about what I wanted to do. And then, yeah, decided to stay with the track, which meant another year not on the road um, and to try and break into the track team because one of the girls retired. Um, And, yeah, so I ended up making the track team. So then I ended up being two years on the track and not on the road but I've always wanted to come back to the road I just have to have the right time and the borders to open up and all that sort of stuff and yeah now I'm here
0: and that's amazing and uh, for our listeners who maybe um, might not know this um, you are uh, you were world cha- you won the world championships with the team suit in uh, 2019 so you're really really good <laughs>
1: Yeah, like I, I really like the track, and I've always loved both the track and the road. But um, sometimes the programs don't want you mixing them so much. But I think now, with after what the German team pursuit team did in at the Olympics, it's actually really opened the doors for for Australians because we're like, well, they did it, so like, come on, let us let us go on the road. And now they uh, really encourage it, which is great.
0: Yeah, yeah, more or less, all of them are also on the road, so that's really cool. Yeah. And I mean, on the men's side, we, we see it as well. Um, Filippo Ganna is successful as a track rider, just as he is on the road. So um, yeah. why shouldn't it be the same for the
1: women? Exactly, exactly. Um, You told uh, us
0: a bit about uh, Australia and your home life. And um, while I was uh, reading uh, about your history a bit, I saw that you played basketball in school, <laughs> quite successfully, actually. And then I had to look again at your height because I was so surprised. So I, I'm, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not the largest person myself, but I'm a bit taller than you are. Not by much, but a bit. And I was like, I'm, I'm, so I would have so many difficulties in basketball. We had to play it in school, but you were really successful. And uh, in your teenage years, you were um, riding uh, your bike and playing basketball, both at a very high level.
1: Yeah, I mean, I love basketball. Basketball was my first love. I always tell people that. Like, I um, I know when I was like younger, I was just like for Christmas or anything. I was like, I just want a ball. I don't care what it is. Like, I just love ball sports and I like, I just love sport. Um, but yeah, basketball was my first love, and I, yeah, played it, played it uh a lot. And I would like get up early, and like I wouldn't get up early for anything else other than basketball. Like I wouldn't get up early to like I was naturally good at running, but I would never train to run. I would just go off whatever like whatever form I had like I never actually tried but um with basketball I'd try but I it got to the point where I never grew (laughs) and I wasn't the best shooter and if you're going to be my height, you needed to be like accurate like and um yeah I like defending and turns out that you kind of need to grow a bit more to be um the good defender (laughs) but I had a lot of fun and I had a lot of good friends and I grew up like country Australia so like in country towns and so basketball was just one of the sports you play like I didn't know what cycling was when I was younger and yeah so I traveled around with my team and yeah I got had a lot of friendships and I learned a lot about teen sport and leadership and how to you know get around each other um as a kid but then yeah didn't grow and did some testing in a basketball camp which then led me to being um kind of selected for a talent search program for cycling <laughs> so that's yeah. how that... that's amazing so so you did the I suppose endurance testing and something like this and your basketball yeah. testing yeah so it's like there's a thing called like the beat test I don't know but that's like I'm pretty sure it's worldwide and it's like it's like you it's like this running thing and it's kind of just test your endurance and then also they do like a vertical leap um like all these sort of just like tests and they're like oh actually you would have right attributes to make a good cyclist or maybe you'd be a good rower or a good this and then South Australia where I live they were trying to find cyclists and rowers mainly um and they found cycling for me which I didn't know they were looking for like I just thought we were just testing for for basketball <laughs> but then I found I got a letter at school and it was oh do you want to um come to this come and try cycling event and i was like oh what's that and it was on the track cycling too was the which i'd never seen a velodrome before i'd never like i didn't know riding bikes was a thing like i didn't know what the tour de france was like i was very naive to cycling
0: did you have to move then um because i suppose a velodrome isn't in the countryside of australia
1: (laughs) well no so i just moved to um so i'd been in for a year or nine months or something like that. And then their track from there is only an hour and a half away. So I was actually close enough to be able to go. Yeah.
0: That's, that's quite, a, quite a crazy, but cool story. So you came to cycling simply by chance.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but also because um, I just got a letter at school cause I had my school address. Um, and then my friend saw the letter and saw it was from Sassy, which is like our state institute, which because I just moved there, I didn't know what Sassy was. <laughs> and my friend was like, you have to open that. Like, that's like, you will like that into that score. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then like, oh, my God, you have to go. You have to go. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, I'm not sure. And she was like, no, make sure you don't put that in the bottom of your bag because she knew if I put it in my bag, it probably would never come out for the next month. And she was like, you're not allowed to miss it. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I took her home and actually showed my parents. And they're like, oh, we can go if you want to go. And I was like, no, I do want to go. Mel told me to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very lucky. I had a pushy friend.
0: <laughs> very good. Very good. And are sports organized by, by school districts or, or schools? Because you mentioned you got a letter to your school or was it just because you had moved?
1: I think it came to my school because of the... I'm not really sure how that worked, to be honest. It was definitely, like, because the schools and the state institutes had, like, a connection. But I'd also... I was in the state institute for the basketball. So, like, I'm not really sure how it worked. But I definitely did my testing through the basketball. But I think they had my contact details for the school. So that's how it came to me through there.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah, weird.
0: (laughs) Uh, now that we are on the topic of Australia, this year the World Championships have cham- World Championships happen in. I'm I'm going to mispronounce it. Wollongong, w- Wollongong, yeah, w- Wollongong. Okay, I will try uh, Wollongong. And uh, you've been nominated uh, for road race. Congratulations! Yeah, thank you. What's your? I mean, that must be absolutely amazing. I think it's the first time you've been uh, nominated for the road race team.
1: Yeah, it is the first time. Um, I was meant to go to Road Worlds in 2018, I think it was, to do the team's time trial um, when it was like still your professional teams. But I had a crash like the week before and broke my shoulder so I couldn't go. So I was like devastated. But um, also like so last year I was like I saw that there was the Tour de France and then I saw that there was the Oswald Road Worlds and I was like, okay, I need to get back on the road because... that that that's my goal for the year like I need to get there because I went to a yeah I just think having a home home world championships is you're never going to get that very often and you got to do everything you can to be there and be part of that because I think it's so special and like as an Australian like Australia is so far away from Europe and the rest of the cycle world like you've got to make the most of it and I feel like it'd be great to to go there and have a good ride and really represent my country and you know hopefully get more more female Australians um into the sport as well.
0: How is um uh, women's cycling in Australia how developed
1: is it or how is it going? I think it's um the last few years I feel like I've seen heaps of development I think maybe because i was in Australia for for that time um so I could actually see a fair bit of development and i think it's going really well um, but i still think like when i was a junior like i didn't have many people to race against so i would still love to see it develop even more and have more people out there on their bikes because like it's good for the environment it's good for your health um i think it's a great sport and also be good to kind of bridge the gap between drivers and and cyclists a bit better in Australia because we do have a bit of a gap. Um, but, yeah, I I think it's on the improve, but we can definitely do more and it would be great to get more participation to start off with. Um, what do you
0: exactly mean with um, a gap between cyclists and drivers? Are cyclists only cycling and drivers
1: only driving their cars? Or uh, Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like a bit of road rage. So just um, drivers not respecting cyclists and vice versa and i feel like the more participation you get then people you you also drive if you're a cyclist you're a driver too so you under you know you can be more courtesy courteous to the to the riders and the people out there being active um yeah i think that's more what i meant
0: <laughs> yeah yeah I would, I would very much agree with this it's uh, much the same in germany sadly uh we don't have that many uh car drivers that also regularly ride their bike that's a bit (laughs) yeah i i I suppose i would agree with you if they also rode their bike regularly their coaches and maybe less accidents would happen
1: yeah i think so um
0: you also mentioned um improving uh uh the number of riders in australia um Do you see that as a big point in uh, battling uh, climate change, uh, the changing in mobility ways, or do you see it as uh, improving people's health or just a general all-around good?
1: I think it's a general all-around good. Um, I just think, I think with, like, COVID, actually in Australia, like, and I think around the world, like, bikes are now really hard to get because a lot of people actually did get into it because of they didn't have much else to do. And so now the bikes are sold out. Um, so I think it is already showing that people are interested in the sport and um, we are, do have an audience and people getting involved. But I just think the more people, the better, you know. I feel like with, with cycling, there's like, yeah, I just think the more, the better. <laughs> are you pro e-bike or <laughs> against e-bike? Ah, uh, If it gets you outside, pro yeah, yeah. I've,
0: I've seen so many people um getting on e-bikes since uh since the pandemic it's amazing so uh really lovely yeah that's really great yeah i think that was uh, all my questions thank you very much no <laughs> i wish you the best of success uh in the world championships uh you and your whole team And uh, amazing world championships in Wollongong. Thank you very much. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, I'm sure it will be a great uh, cycling party in Australia. I hope so.
1: (laughs) I really hope so. Thanks for talking to me.
0: You've been listening to QuickLink Podcast, your daily microdose of pro cycling news and results. You can find us across social media at QuickLinkPod, or you can contact us by emailing show at quicklinksports.com. Share the show and we'll be back with you tomorrow. Bye now.